Let's take our Bibles, if you will, and you can turn to the book of Numbers in chapter 10, verse 33. And we've been looking at a little article of furniture in the tabernacle. Of course, everything about the Bible speaks about Jesus. Especially that tabernacle, its constructions, uh, its contents, uh, its curtains, everything about it spoke something about Christ. But we notice that the Lord put a special emphasis on that little box. And he said, I'm going to come down to earth and I'm going to meet with you uh, in a box. And uh, the Lord manifested himself to the children of Israel. And he said, I'm going to draw you to me uh, in this box. And of course, that box is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he is the one, of course, that draws us to the Father, reveals to us the Father. And he's the name that is above every name. And he's the one that the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And uh, so Jesus is sort of speaking our box. He's the one that contains everything for us. And our thought is, he is all that we need. And as the children of Israel, we're going to adventure and enter in to a new journey out of the land of Egypt after being redeemed. God said everything you need of all things, you're going to find it in this box because it's in this box that I'm going to make my presence known. And we realize that the Lord Jesus is our wisdom, he's our righteousness, he's our sanctification, he's our salvation, he's our supply, he's everything. And if you've got Jesus, thank God you've got all that you need. I don't care what the circumstances and situations are. Don't get to looking around, but look up. If you can see the box, if you can see the Lord Jesus, then you'll know that everything is going to be all right. And we notice how Jesus says that box is all that we need in his oneness with the Father. Uh, We didn't have any standing with God, but thank God in Christ we have that standing. We have that access uh, to the Father. We have that oneness in, in God, in the family. Uh, we're a part of the family because of Jesus. Uh, we notice that he's all we need in his approachableness to God. Uh, he, that uh, Ark of the Covenant was, uh, was man's approachableness unto God. It's what gave him the right to come in Uh, to the presence of the Father. And we can come boldly into the throne room of grace, but we're coming through the blood and through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's all that we need in His closeness, as we noticed how close that that ark stayed with them and led them to different places. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And all relationships in this world have to end at one time or another. Whether it's a father, son, mother, daughter, husband or wife, there are going to come those times when we're going to leave this old world and we'll leave loved ones behind. But no matter what happens, Jesus said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stay close to you. And then we noticed last night, he's all that we need in his witness. We need somebody to testify to us. And Jesus is the faithful and true witness. And that, that ark was called the ark of the testimony. And God would speak off of that off of that ark. And God speaks to you and he speaks to me in these last days, the Hebrew writer said, through his son. And if you hadn't heard from Jesus, then you hadn't heard. And I'll tell you, nothing's worth listening to unless you first heard what Jesus has to say 
about the matter. But I want to read a few verses uh, to you tonight, and I'm going to preach tonight on how Jesus is all that we need in his purposefulness. Or we could just narrow that down and say he's all that we need in his purpose. Now, I want to read uh, a few verses in the New Testament, then I'll come back to Numbers chapter number 10 and verse 33. I want to emphasize this word purpose. Uh, Romans 8 and 28. Uh, We can most quote it. You won't have to turn to these unless you'd like. Uh, The Bible said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. I like that, don't you? Well, we can rest in that. All things. Now, that's... That's all-inclusive, and that means there's nothing that can happen to a child of God's life that loves the Lord. Whether it may seem bad or good, that it's not in his purpose. He has a plan, a purpose. Uh, Ephesians tells us in chapter 1, verse 11, "...in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Oh, I'm going to tell you, that excites me. To know that even after this election, God's working. He's still working. He hasn't given up. And he hasn't had to change gears either. And ain't nothing caught him by surprise. And he ain't disappointed over anything. Because everything is working to the counsel of his own will and according to his purpose. He's got a purpose on all things that happen. And then Ephesians 3.11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you want to know where God's purpose is, it's found in Jesus. And all things work according to that purpose and in union with that purpose after the counsel of his own will. 2 Timothy 1.9, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God has a purpose. Now, I want to tell you what that word purpose means. No matter where you find it, if you'll get your Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, you'll find out the word purpose means to be ordered before the face of God. It has the idea of face. It has the implication of somebody that is overseeing or looking on the situation. According to the overseeing face of God, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to the overseeing face of God. In other words, the word purpose means to be ordered By the face of God. In other words, he's looking over every intricate detail of all that is happening. Aren't you glad we've got an all-knowing God 
and an all-seeing God and that there's nothing happens in any corner of this old globe that what God Almighty hasn't seen it and hasn't been aware of it. But what the world doesn't understand that God has a purpose in all of it. And nothing can happen that is going to throw God's purposes out of whack. No Pharaoh is going to catch God by surprise. No Judas is going to slip up on Jesus unaware. There's no devil that's going to keep God from accomplishing. Now I can't, as the old mountain fellow said, I can't explain all that and I can't understand all that. But I do know this, nothing happens that causes God to wring his hands and say, Oh no, we've missed it there. What are we going to do? I don't care what the Pharaohs do. I don't care what the Nimrods do. I don't care what the Nebuchadnezzars do. I don't care what the Babylonians do. I don't care what the Al-Qaeda's do because God's got a purpose and he's going to fulfill that purpose and there won't be nothing undone of his purposes. And I rejoice that there's no accidents with God but that he has a purpose for your life He has a purpose for my life. And we may stand back sometimes bewildered and we can't add it all up, but God has his purposes. Now you say, preacher, I see that, but what's that got to do with that ark in the Old Testament? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want to go back to the verse and I'll read a couple others also. Numbers chapter number 10, verse 33. Notice this. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before, underscore that word, before them in three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. Now, The little word before there, B-E-F-O-R-E. Do you know that that is the very same word that I read to you in five different texts in the New Testament? It is the same exact word that means to be ordered before the face of God Almighty. That ark, the Bible said, went before them. In other words, God Almighty had his face on that ark and every move that was made, it was ordered by the face of God Almighty. That ark was purposed, you can word it that way, that ark was purposed before them. It was no accidents, it was no detours, But every move of that ark out in front of them was a move that God had ordered and that God had overseen and they would not find themselves in a place that God didn't know all about because he is the one who knows the wilderness and the way in the wilderness and he in his all-seeing eye is ordering every step the way. That's why he goes before them. He's going searching out a place of rest for the children of Israel. God's eyes, God's purpose is being fulfilled as this ark moves in the purposes of 
of God. And when I think about that now, here we have this word purpose found in the New Testament having to do with God's will in Christ. And here we find in the Old Testament God is accomplishing His purpose having to do with this ark in relationship to the children of Israel. Christ's purposes being fulfilled in our lives. Now, now let's look at a couple of other verses that will help us understand it. Deuteronomy chapter number 1 and verse number 33. The Bible said, Who went in the way before you. That word is the same word. It's the word purpose. Who went in the way purposed for you. The face of God overseeing the way before you to search out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night, to show you by what way ye should go, and in a cloud by day. God's purpose being accomplished in these moves of the children of Israel in connection to this ark. Then in Joshua chapter number 3 and verse 11, as the children of Israel are uh, going to go over the Jordan, it said, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into the Jordan. That's the word purpose. The ark is connected to the purpose of God. That's what it's doing in the, in the Jordan. That's why it's out in front of them. God's got a purpose for the children of Israel, but it is found in that ark. God has a purpose for your life and my life, but that purpose is found in Christ. And all the purposes of Christ, for all the will of God for your life and for my life is found in Christ, who is our purpose and our reasons. And so verse 14, And it came to pass, when the people removed their tents to pass over Jordan, that the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people or in the purposes of God overseen by the face of God Almighty, God's purposes. Now some may have argued and some did. They grumbled about the times that they were thirsty. They grumbled about the time that the water had bitterness in it. They, they grumbled because all they had was manna. They had no meat. And they grumbled about this and they grumbled about that. It's almost like they weren't satisfied with what the God was doing with them and for them through that ark. But they didn't back up and rest in the fact that God knows what he's doing. And in that ark, he was accomplishing all of his purposes for their lives. And all they needed to do is rest in the purposes of God for them. And can I say to you, children, when there's things we can't understand and we can't figure out in this old world, all we got to do is look to Jesus and God will fulfill his purposes in your life and in my life. Glad God's got a purpose for me, and it is in Christ. And I'm glad I found that purpose in Christ. And I'm glad you can find you can't know your purpose in life, and you can never fulfill your purpose in life, and there's no hope of ever even having a purpose in life unless you come to Christ. 
because he is God's purpose for every man and every woman. And outside of Christ, you will live and die and be unknown and go into an eternal hell to be forgotten because there never was any purpose for you. But thank God I have found a purpose in Christ. And the children of Israel, as long as they could focus on that ark, they had a reason for where they was at. They had a reason for where they were going. They had a reason for what they were doing. This was not just a fly-by-night thing. They had a purpose. And somebody said, why are you going in that ark, in that Jordan? They said, because the ark is in that Jordan. They said, well, why are you going in that direction? They said, because the ark is going in that direction. The ark is my reason. The ark is my purpose. The the ark is my meaning for life. And brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, take Christ out of my life and I cannot tell you what purpose I would have in this old world. But though I may not understand it all, and though I cannot explain each step of the way and each thing that is happening in intricate detail, I know because of Christ that every step has a reason and every bit of water that I have to walk through has a purpose. And every wall that I face that the ark has to lead them around has a purpose of God for it. And every place that I'm at has a purpose for it. I'm not here by accident. I'm here by the purposes of Christ in my life. Oh, I'm going to tell you, you could go home and rest tonight if you just knew that God had a purpose for you right where you're at. And if you would submit to his purposes in your life. Isn't that a blessing? Now, I'm going to tell you that's good preaching. If I tell you myself, I'm going to tell you that's good preaching. Christ is our purpose. According to the will of God, purpose in Christ Jesus. And isn't it ironic that in every place, I'm not, I just read for you a few occasions, but you know in the, in the building of that tabernacle, there are literally hundreds of times that that word purpose that is translated before the same word is used in reference to that tabernacle. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration of it and then I'll have three or four thoughts. I want to bear with you an illustration of this purpose that we have in Christ. One day I was studying this word purpose in the New Testament. And as I looked up in the Strong's, and you get yours if you do any studying when you get home and look at it and see if I'm not telling you the truth, it's there. Not hidden, it's very broad. And I looked up, and I always go over there and I look up the... The, the Greek words and what they mean, what God was trying to say of, the, uh, uh, of, that, of that word purpose. And I, I went over and looked at it. And then there's, a, there's what's called, a, it's called an Englishman's help. And you can hit that button and what it'll do is it'll show you that word and how many, how many different ways that word is brought out in the Bible. And I'm talking about the King James Bible. And I was amazed to find out that that word purpose in the New Testament used many times, meaning ordered before the face of God Almighty, was translated four times in the New Testament, one time in Hebrews, and three times in the gospel as the word showbread. The same word purpose is the same Greek word as showbread. 
And to understand purpose, what I did is I went back there to that other article of furniture. Now, I'm not forgetting the ark. We'll come to that. But I went back there to that other article of furniture where there was a table that had some showbread on it. Now, the word showbread gives us more enlightenment to the word purpose. It means to show or to be ordered before the face. It means, the, the literal rendition of it means face bread. Face bread. It means, and, and here's the word purpose unfolded. God Almighty did not leave anything to the imagination of the priests or the Levites or to Moses or Aaron when it came to the bread. And if you go to Leviticus and read it, he told them about the ingredients to put in that bread. He told them about how many slices that bread was supposed to be. He told them what kind of meal to put into that bread, special, special ingredients. He told them who could eat of it and who couldn't. And he told them how long to leave it there and when to take it off. In other words, we're just going to imagine this was God's bread and God was the great chef. And God Almighty oversaw this holy bread. And he said, all right, here's what you put in that bread. Here's how many times you slice that bread. Here's how long you leave that bread. Who's who, who can uh, eat of that bread? He left nothing to the imagination or the guesswork or the conjecture of man. Everything about that bread was with God looking like this. Making sure that it was all just like he ordered it. Did you know that's what the word purpose means? The word purpose is that same word as showbread, and it's the same word as before, ordered before the face of God. And what God did with my life, he saw me, he knew I was coming into this world, and you know what God's done for me? I'm 54 years old, and you know what God's been doing for me? He's been doing this for 54 years. All the intricate details. Everything about it. According to the purposes of God found in Christ Jesus, I have God's full divine attention. That's the way it's going to be. And all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. <laughs> Don't you like that? The purposes of God in your life. Order! Somebody said, why am I going through what I'm going through? God's a-baking something, getting something ready. He's got a purpose for the indentures. He's got a purpose for the ingredients. He's got a purpose for the heat. And He's got a purpose for everything. He's purposed it. Just back up and say, thank you, God, when I can't understand it and some of the ingredients I may not like for your purposes in my life. He said, I'm a baking something. You don't understand it and you won't ever understand it. But I got a purpose for it. <laughs> I got a purpose for it. Now, let me, uh, let me, I'm illustrating that now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually illustrating this purpose now before that ark. Christ, the purpose of God for the children of Israel's life. 
their purpose and the purpose for the, everything that they do, yes. every direction they take. And that showbread is the same, means the same thing. Ordered before the face of God Almighty. Now, when I think about the purposes of God ordered before his face, I think it, about it like this. Let's just go back in time. Let's go back to when Grandma used to cook or maybe great-grandma with the old wood stove. Any of you remember that when it didn't have, that, that tells me how old you are. And when they didn't have, uh, I can remember my aunt when I lived with her, she didn't have no gas, no electricity. Uh, she cooked with the old wood stove. And uh, as far as I can remember, that's the best cooking anyhow. But, I mean, you can smell that wood burning, but then you got to smelling them, you, you can smell that uh, pone bread or that that uh, cornbread, and you can smell that breakfast and and I'm I mean that ham and everything else. Does anybody not eat tonight? I'm sorry, but anyway, you can smell all of that. But here's how the purpose of God works. Here's how it works. Let's go. Let's imagine we're going back to Grandmama's house in the country, and and she's going to cook a big old meal. Well, you know how Grandma was. She didn't want nobody else in the kitchen, right? Because ain't nobody else knows exactly. They ain't going to put the right tidbits and smidgens and, and pinches in there like she's going to do it. She don't have nothing written down. It's just a pinch of this and a smidgen of that and a dip of that and whatever and a little little uh, snuff juice and all that. And that, that's the way she did it. And she'd, she'd, she'd bake up. But oh, what a meal Grandma could fix. Is amazing, is a miracle. And, uh, but but, not, but uh, here, here's the purposes of God. Grandma's fixing this big old meal. But I tell you, before she ever fixes that meal, she has some foreseen thoughts in her mind. Already formed in her mind, she can see those biscuits. Already formed in her mind, she can see that gravy. Already formed in her mind, she can see those mashed potatoes. Already formed in her mind, she could see that country fried chicken. Already formed in her mind, she could see that big blueberry pie. Already in her mind, she could see that table already spread. And so she proceeds to do the fixings according to what's already up here. You see, that's the first stage of the word purpose. God Almighty didn't guesswork himself in this matter of leading the children of Israel. He didn't guesswork himself in the matter of making up this, this uh, showbread. But it was the foreseen work of God. He already had it in his mind. And I'm going to tell you, God's never surprised about what happens in your life and in my life. He's baking something up, but it's already been in here before it ever got there. That's ordered before the face of God Almighty. First of all, it came out of here. The very mind of God. But the second thing about this, this matter of, of, uh, of Grandmama cooking is not only this foreseen purpose of hers, but the, there is this overseen purpose of hers. Isn't that right? I mean, she oversees 
with her own hands the cooking of this meal and every aspect of it. I mean, she's seen every bit of flour put in there. She knows every bit of butter that's been put in there. She knows how much salt's been put in there. She knows how much of this is in there. She knows how much of that's in there. I mean, she knows and she has, she has overseen the entirety of every bit, of every step, of everything that's sitting on that table. It it's come out of her oversight. See, God Almighty, He's not got His attention off somewhere in some universe while you're going through something and saying, oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't, oh, 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 I may have forgotten something. That won't turn out right. No. He oversees just like the potter and the clay. He knows every little indention. He knows every little spin of the wheel. He knows everything about you. Because see, he's not only foreseen your life, but he has overseen your life. Which leads me to the third thing. This is what brings you into it, and this is the joyful part about it when we're talking about eating. Grandmama, she foreseen it. Grandmama overseen it. Didn't she? Yes, sir. But then we notice the things that are seen about what grandmama has foreseen and overseen. Yeah. She'll holler out and say, Supper's ready! <laughs> and here would come like a stampede into the kitchen. You remember the long table? I mean, it looked like a homecoming is all spread out there. And she's got the apron on. And I tell you, she's got it all. She got no intention of sitting down and eating. No, there ain't no place for her there. She didn't mean to sit down. She fixed that for you. And she just going to make sure you get all you want of it. Just sit down. If you leave hungry, it's your fault. It's been foreseen. It's been overseen. And she had you in mind when she did it all. She put the right flavoring in it. She knows you'd like that. She cooked that chicken. She knows you'd like that. She just, and everything about it is seen. Now, here's the thing about it. God, in his purposes in your life, he does foreseen things because he can see the end from the beginning. And then he oversees everything. But then he allows us to see and enjoy what he has foreseen and overseen. For instance, he foresaw and oversaw salvation. But thank God 40 years ago I stepped into that salvation through Christ and I've been able to see it and enjoy it. What God had brought through His Son, I have enjoyed for 40 long years. And honey, I can see salvation. In the spiritual areas of our lives, we can see that God has blessed you to be a part of this church. And we can see the physical aspects that God has brought to pass. And we can see what God has wrought in that He's given us a word, a physical word. I mean, a book in black and white that you and I with human eyes, we can read it. Now, all of this has come out of the foreseen work of God and the overseen work of God, but now you and I are able to see it, right? The purposes of God becoming seen. I, uh, someone asked me the other day about my wife and how we got together. Uh, long, long story short, 
Uh, a friend of mine showed me a picture of it. It used to be his girlfriend. <laughs> and when he showed me that picture, I'm telling you the truth now, and I ain't no Benny the Hen. But the Holy Ghost said, there's your wife. That's the truth. And I borrowed his car and took her out. <laughs> now, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. But my wife sitting back right there, there is no doubt in my mind that this is the seen work of God. She's the last of seven children. And her parents were 46 years old when she was born, and she was a total surprise. She's got a niece older than she is. So why under God's heaven did God allow 46-year-old people, husband and wife, to have a little old girl when they already got six children and they're about grown and then bring her along? I'm going to tell you why. God's uh, foreseen work and God's overseen work brought a seen work into my life right here. And I see it. Every time I look at her, I'm reminded of what God prepared for me. When I look at my children and my grandchildren, I see God's handiwork for me. And when I look at my car, when I look at my house, when I look at my truck, I have no doubt that all of these things have come as a result of Christ. You've got to understand the background I came out of. You've got to understand how I've got family members, brothers that died young because you've got to understand that all my family was doomed for hell. But God Almighty, through Christ, when I got into His purposes, thank God, He had some foreseen things for me and He had some overseen things for me and for 40 years I've been able to see them and rejoice in the purposes of God for my life. And aren't you glad for what you can see? Just look around at your family. That's God's purpose for your life. Uh, God's foreseen work, God's overseen work, and the work that you can see. But here's what I want to tell you. God's purposes not only involve what is foreseen, what is overseen, and what is seen, but the biggest part of God's purposes involve what is unseen and what you will never know and cannot comprehend as to what God has done to bring you to his purpose and into his will and into his family. You, you, you can see some things, but more than not, you can't see. Now, I want to illustrate. We're going back to Grandmama. Now, Grandmama has foreseen. She's overseen. And now you come in there and you see it. You sit down. Boy, don't that look like a pretty table. Mm-mm, we can't wait till the prayer is over with and hope it ain't a long one. We all want to dig in. But now, we're going to get in this area of the unseen. There's a bowl of mashed potatoes, and that's all I'm going to deal with, just a bowl of mashed potatoes. There's a bowl of mashed potatoes on those table. Now, it came out of Grandmama's foreseen thought. She wanted some potatoes. It came out of her overseeing and how she worked it up, and now it's seen, isn't it? Right. And you're fixing to take care of it. But let's say you get inquisitive, and you say, Grandma, uh, where'd you get them potatoes? Oh, I was, uh, run by the store... And I, I picked some up at the supermarket. Well, now, now, now Grandmama, now, wait a minute. Now, you got those super? Where'd they get them from? Oh, I don't know. I think they're Idaho potatoes. The Idaho potatoes? 
Yeah, yeah, they, they ship them in from, well, where'd they get them out there? Well, they picked them up from some farmers, truckers pick them up some farmers out there in Idaho. The farmers pick them up from, the, the truckers pick them up from farmers and out. Is that, well, where did the farmer get them at? Well, they planted, they, they dug them out of the ground. They got they dug some, they dug them out. Now, all the time, everybody's waiting on you because they're looking at that bold mass taste, but you're trying to find out where they came from. And she said, yeah, they dug them out of the ground, but now, Grandma, how'd they get in the ground? Well, so one of the farmers planted them in the ground. They, they planted what in the ground? They planted potatoes. You mean they planted potatoes and dug potatoes? Yeah, that's the way you do it. Well, they planted what's called seed potatoes, son. Seed potatoes. Well, now, where'd they get them seed potatoes? Well, they either got them from last year's planting or they went to the, uh, to the farmer's market and they bought some seed potatoes. Well, now, Mama, where'd them, Grandma, where'd them seed potatoes come from? Well, them seed potatoes come from some good potatoes as raised by another farmer, and they just raise these seed potatoes. But well, where'd he get his potatoes from? Well, they come from another farmer planting some other seed. And said, well, where'd that come from? Son, I don't know. It goes all the way back to Adam when God planted the first potato, I reckon. But see, what you don't realize is in that little old bowl right there, potatoes, you say, Grandma, how long it take you to fix it? How many hours you got in that? Oh, tough. I got about 30 minutes in that. Oh, no, there's more than 30 minutes in those potatoes, honey. If you trace those potatoes all the way back, you'd have to go all the way back to Adam. You'd have to go back 6,000 years. You'd have to go to tens and thousands of work hours and man hours and raising and rain and sunshine because it took all of that to get this. And honey, just because you were saved didn't mean it started yesterday. This thing goes back into eternity of which God Almighty has worked on every second and every minute to get to you. Amen. You got no understanding and comprehension of how many people and how much gospel and how many voices and how many places has been involved for God to get salvation to you. Now we's just talking about the potatoes. What if we to ask about the salt? Now we found out potatoes are almost infinite. Well, Grandma, what do you got in there? Said God, so where'd you get salt from? Adam was shaking. Where'd you get shaking salt from? Well, I bought that. So where'd they get it? They haul. Where'd they haul it in? Well, where'd they get it? And you go on and on all the way back to many, many, many hundreds of man hours included in one little, one little sprinkle of salt. You got no idea how many people's involved right. in your salt. Right. You hadn't even thought about it. You just pick it up and throw it on there. But right. if you could see the faces oh, of people oh, yeah. that have been involved in you getting your salt. And maybe a little pepper. And we hadn't even talked about the butter. Lord, we're going to go back to the cattle now. Run all the way back to the garden with the cattle. There's umpteen billion faces and people and animals and plants and time involved in one little bowl of potatoes. But before it's over with, everybody just says, would you shut up and just eat the potatoes? We're starving to death. And rightfully so. We just need to enjoy what we know not worry about what we don't know, but thank God we can rejoice in the fact that God Almighty has planted and planted the lives 
that eventually and the gospel through Christ that would touch our lives in his purposes. So, well, what's the word purpose means? It means grandmama cooking a big old supper that she has foreseen, overseen, seen, and then there's the unseen. Now, let's look at our text. And I just want to mention this. I'm talking this matter, this thing of, of, the, of the purposes of God. Let, let's look at the, uh, at the verse that we read in Numbers 10 and verse number 33. And then I want to look at Deuteronomy 1 and verse 33. Look at this, the word purpose. To foreseen and overseen and seen and unseen. The face of God. The Bible said in Numbers 10, 33, And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the ark of the covenant went before them. Foreseen, overseen, seen and unseen. God's purposes in this ark affecting their lives. God's purposes in Christ affecting our lives. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 33, Who went in the way before you, the purposes of God, to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night to show you by what way ye should go, and in a cloud by day. Now, the ark represents the purposes and plan of God for the children of Israel. Christ represents the very purposes of God in our life and through our lives. But here's some things that the ark purposes over. I'll just mention them to you. The ark purposes over their days because he said that he went, in verse 33, who went in the way before you. And if I go back to, uh, to the earlier passage, Numbers 33, 10, 33, and they departed from the amount of the Lord three days. Three days. The purposes of God control our days. He has them numbered. Don't worry about how, you're going, how long you're going to live. You don't want to live no longer than what God purposes anyway. He purposes their distance. The scripture said they departed from the mount of the Lord three days journey. He purposed how far they were going to go. He purposes their dwelling because he said in chapter number one of Deuteronomy, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents. The purposes of God in our days, the purposes of God in our distances, the purposes of God in our dwelling, the purposes of God in our directions. He said he went to search you out a place. The purposes of God determining the directions of our lives. I'm not an evangelist and I'm not a preacher. Because one day I woke up craving fried chicken and didn't want to go to work. I am a preacher and an evangelist because God purposed it in my life. And he laid out the path for me to travel. And I am operating tonight in the directions and the purposes of God. 
and the purposes of God, not only overseeing our days and our distances and our dwellings and our directions, but even our, even our decisions. He said he went to search you out of place. He didn't leave it up for you to search. It wasn't a matter of eeny, meeny, miny, moe. But it was the ark that made the decision for them as to where they were going to go and dwell. Thank God in Christ all the decisions are made for you. If you just hear his voice and let his purpose be fulfilled in you and only worry about what his will is, you won't have to make the decision. He will make it for you. And did I preach on it the other night? That's the easy button. That was easy. Because you didn't make the decision. You didn't determine the direction. You didn't determine the days. You didn't determine any of that. The purposes of God determined it for your life. And what a blessing it is to run into people that their lives seem to have great difficulties and burdens, but yet they are so thrilled and seem to be so happy because they know that where they're at and what they're going through is a part of the purposes of God. And I've met people across this country, some with cancer, some with husbands and wives that have died or are dying, some with children with crippling diseases and so on. But yet they are, they are thrilled because they know that God is having his way in their life amidst the circumstances and situations. Being laid off and saying, Thank God I believe I'm where God wants me to be. I'm not rambling in a desert somewhere by myself. I'm not trying to pick me out a dwelling place, but I've still got the purposes of God being fulfilled in my life, and I don't have to ask any questions. He's the answer to every question. Boy, what a blessing that is, isn't it? No matter where you find yourself tonight, if you'll just hook up to Christ, you'll find that he's able to fulfill his purpose amidst the circumstances and you can rest in that but somebody said well what is the ultimate purpose here in this test that well the bible said he went searched them out a place that he could find and that they could call their dwelling place in other words the purposes of god was taking them home ultimately he was going to settle them in take them to the house you see, the purposes of God, according to Romans 8, 28 and 29, is that we be conformed to the image of His Son. And so what He's doing and whatever purpose He's doing in your life, what He's doing is chiseling and cutting and working and using circumstances to make you look like Jesus by the time you get to the house. He is conforming you into the image of His Son. But as the potter does with the clay, he's got a purpose for every little squeeze, every little indention. He's got a purpose for every bit of the pressure that is put on. He's got a purpose for every direction. He's got a purpose for every river. He's got a purpose for every circumstance. He's got a purpose for our lives. And the Bible said all things work together 
for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his foreseeing, his overseeing, his seeing, and even the unseen. God's purpose. Somebody would say to them, what in the world y'all doing here in the desert? Oh, I said, well, that's where the box is. We don't go nowhere where the box ain't. Well, how come y'all coming down here going into the Jordan? Don't you know it's swelling tide? Well, that's where the box is. If the box goes in, we go in. Well, how come y'all marching around walls like a bunch of fools? Well, we're just following the box. So we don't have to give a bunch of answers. We don't have to theorize and philosophize. We don't have to read 10,000 books and listen to uh, Dr. Phil. Just stay with the box. I'm preaching because of my purpose. I'm evangelizing because of my purpose. I'm saved because of my purpose. I'm going to heaven because of my purpose. And my purpose is Christ. You see that box over there? Watch it real close. There's a, looks like lightning, but it's Shekinah glory comes down on that. That right there. It's got that mercy seat on it and the law inside of it and there's resurrection in there and there's miracles in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes before us. It is God's purpose for yeah. us. God has a purpose. God's even got a purpose in your knot-headed youngins. Did you know that? He's doing something in your life. That's right. He's, he's trying to work on you. He's working on them, but he's working on you too. He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose in that sickness and that affliction. He's got a purpose in, in that fine. He's got a purpose. And the purpose is Christ. And boy, when you get to seeing Jesus as the purpose in the situation... It'll make a whole lot of difference on how you're going to rest at night. <laughs> Can you imagine one of the little children of the, of the millions of Israelites said, Daddy, is we going to get lost out here in this wilderness? She said, no, son, come here and look out there. See that box? Right there, as long as we stay with it, we'll never get lost. We'll never get hungry. We'll never go thirsty. I like that. See, I didn't come here this week to theorize with you and give you any answers for anything any of you is going through. I just come to tell you who the answer is and to tell you he's still the purpose. And if you will look to him, you'll never be sorry. (coughs) Amen. Amen.